Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we are going to be learning about an Astoria treasure. The Hanthorn Cannery Museum and the Hanthorn Cannery Foundation at Pier 39. Old Astoria at its finest. Today in the studio, I have Peter Marsh. He is the director of the Hanthorn Cannery Foundation. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Donna. I'm very happy to have you here today. It's a pleasure to be here. And before we talk about the Hanthorn Cannery Museum and the foundation, please let the listening audience know a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, the first thing is, obviously, is that I don't sound American, even after 40 years. Uh, so, is it no more than 40 years? 48 years. So I grew up in England, in Greenwich, which is in southeast London, which recently became the Royal Borough of Greenwich, which doesn't really matter anymore. But I happened to be there in the winter when that happened. And Greenwich is the home of the National Maritime Museum of Great Britain. And uh, that was where I used to go when I was a boy on rainy weekends like this and wander through long corridors looking at pictures of admirals. And, of course, we'd always stop and look at Admiral Nelson's shirt with the musket ball hole over his heart where he died on his ship at the Battle of Trafalgar. We boys love that there. And, but then I got interested in uh, sailing, and so I would wander to different galleries. Uh, anyway, I was lucky they let us in because we would have been a rowdy bunch when we were boys, but now I have a whole museum where nobody can make rules because the, I let everybody into the can Cannery Museum in Astoria. Yeah. And how did you come from England to uh, Astoria? Let's hear a little bit about oh, that journey. Well, that journey took me to Chicago. Who knows why? Yes, there was a young lady involved. Took me from Amsterdam to London to Chicago and um, learned to drive, have to learn to drive. Drove a van across the Rockies, came to Portland and... Um, I dropped anchor in Portland, how about that? And um, a few years later, I, I, I salvaged my interest in, in all things nautical and built a little boat. And before long, I was sailing down the river to Astoria, which I did quite often. Uh, there were even some times where I'd sail to Astoria, turn around and sail straight back again because I didn't have enough time. Um, and finally, um, after many years, the, uh, the logic was, well, why don't I move here since I, I seem to like sailing here? And, um, and I, I really treated it as a long boating trip, even though I came by vehicle. And, and it was as if I tied up my boat for the summer, and what, which I had. Um, but I brought a car down as well, and I wandered around town and thought, well, maybe I could give this a try. And uh, it was time to leave Portland long before Portland's got super popular. It's already getting fairly popular. And now Astoria is getting popular. That's another story. And so, Peter, you've been here uh, 17 and a half yeah. years. Yes. All right. Yeah. And then you, so you've always been part of the Columbia River and the sailing yeah. world. And do you still do that? Yes. Okay. So you're a hearty soul because I know you bicycle, you tango, yeah. you, you know, do the Argentinian tango, mm -hmm. and you sail. And you established the museum. So let's well, talk first about, let's give a little history to some folks who may not know. What is Pier 39? Well, yes, Pier 39 
sometimes confuses people in that it, it is, uh, first of all, it's privately owned by Floyd Holcomb, um, but it's open to the public at least from 7 in the morning till 10 in the evening. And um, it's, it's the end of 39th Street. It's, it's the longest pier left. There used to be many long piers. And um, in fact, you notice that piers need maintenance. We have million-dollar repairs to piers downtown. And, but, but Mr. Holcomb's responsible for the whole pier and, and the, the bridge out to the pier. And um, so in the old days, the, uh, the cannery workers would park outside and we even have pictures of them walking down the pier. If you can imagine those ladies, the cannery ladies, hundreds of them in their white uniforms, uh, would come to the pier early in the morning, you know, and they would all troop out along the bridge, uh, probably get their card stamped, and then they'd be hard at work all day on the pier. So the, can- the, the Pier 39 yeah. was yeah. a cannery. It was a cannery, yes. And it's had an interesting life. Um, at first, it was just one of many canneries, and, and as you can see, if you walk along the waterfront in Astoria, there are lots of piers that go nowhere. They just jut into the river a little bit, you know, 10, 20 yards perhaps. And wh- where do they go? Well, the answer is, is there was a huge building at the end of that pier, and it's gone. Maybe there are some pilings left. Um, and where did it go? Well, there was a lot of fires, but things were salvaged. If it was uh, uh, in those days, you, you couldn't just... Um, you could pull the planks off and use them somewhere else. Well, the Hanthorn Cannery is the oldest fish yes. processing plant which re- is remaining on the Lower Columbia River, right? That's, that's correct, yes. Yeah. And so what? So, who was J.O. Hanthorn? Because a lot of people know his name, okay. but who was yeah. he? We've, we've kind of uh, revived his name there. Well, he was one of those um, Victorian gentlemen who came here to make their fortune, I think was the thing. Um, uh, some, some people arrived with a large fortune and left with a small fortune, and some people came with nothing and, and made their fortune. And I'd like to compare him, for instance, with Mr. Megler, who's, whose name is familiar to us. We have the Megler Bridge, but who was Mr. Megler? He came, he made a lot of money, and he made a name for himself. So Hanthorn did the same thing, and um, uh, I think they made him an offer he couldn't refuse the, 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 when the, the big industrial... Um, combine was established the crpa which which led as people may see around town crpa stands for columbia rivers packers association columbia river packers association and um they they decided to amalgamate various of these calories because there were so many of them that they were kind of tripping over each other to buy fish and it would be better and more economical if they did things in 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 a, a mass production style so they brought mass production to the, to, and so Astoria was part of that industrial history. Um, long before Henry Ford, they were making cans, you know, and um, so that was an early example of American ingenuity. Right. A and, lot of people, I think, know of the can of the um, the Columbia River Packers Association, and they also think of Pier Thirty Nine in association with Bumblebee. Yes, because that was the yes. last yes. actual functioning. Yes. And that's, of course, entity. the most popular question. Um, I get, which is why Bumblebee, and the answer is, is why not <laughs> Bumblebee? <laughs> okay. Uh, and I will then reply to them, do you really think chicken of the sea is a good name for a can of fish? Please. <laughs> I mean, it's advertising chicken. Um, so it was a name. They, 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 w- there are books of old can labels, and just like today, uh, just like names online, people people dreamed right. up names of plants, names of animals, names of fish, uh, 
names of uh, their their family members right. and stuck them on the can. Well, a lot of people still know Bumblebee oh, yes, because, you yes, know, I mean, yes, I used to buy Bumblebee's yes, salmon. I mean, yes, canned salmon yes, ages ago before yes, I lived in a place yes, where you yes, could have fresh salmon. Yes. And um, so it's, it, it's and Shanghai Nestoria addresses some of this. So Columbia River Packers Association merged with Castle and Cook and then they changed the name to Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it was used for a bluebacks or Columbia River sockeye. But then as the salmon runs d- diminished, it sounds like the company then began to can much more tuna, and that's mm. what it's really known mm. for. Yes. Um, so according to our, our our first film, we have two films running nonstop in the In the can, museum, which the we museum. haven't actually gotten yeah. to the museum yet. Yes. So so um, hold on. Let's back up for one right. second. So okay. the Hanthorn Cannery Museum mm. is located at Pier 39. Yeah. Yeah. And... And Hanthorn was a businessman. He uh, started an operation in 1875 processing salmon. There's a picture of him. You can read about him at the museum. I was just there yesterday. It is incredible, that museum. Um, And I want to talk about how the museum came to be because Pier 39, owned by Floyd Holcomb, Mm -hmm. and Coffee Girl's there. There are offices there. There's a lot that's going on out Mm -hmm. at Pier 39 right now. And um, when you became involved at Pier 39... Mm -hmm you felt that there was some history that needed to preserve yeah. there. So let's hear the story of okay. how you oh. kind of created the Hanthorn Cannery Museum. Well, well the, um, F- Floyd had, had been contacted by some retired members of the board of, of Bumblebee, like the managers and senior people, and um, and they were a spirited bunch, remember, because they, they had seen the whole history 50 years, let's say, and so they said, well... Floyd, you've got to do something. You can't just um, fill the entire building with offices and doc- lawyers and consultants and whoever else. Um, so they dedicated a, a nice central part of the muse- of, of the pier to be a historical space there, um, uh, especially a space that, that that was more typical because it's the long narrow rooms really look like they were frozen solid. They look like you're inside a refrigerator there, which is truth and um but when i arrived uh, in my boat <laughs> with my boat um and uh, i have a way of tying up my boat in different places introducing myself um i saw the space as, as an empty space waiting to be filled and um and they said yeah that's going to be the museum and i said well i'm going to make it the museum mr holcomb and off i went and um luckily um in a very un-British way. There was no organization. There was, there was no, no one walking around looking over my shoulder saying, you can't do this, you must hang that there. So I just uh, rolled up my sleeves and wandered around and started dragging and pushing things into the museum. So yeah. the, when you yeah. go there, I mean, you yeah, said that sure. you were, there was a phrase, it's, it is like stepping back in yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, it is. And, and so you've got um, the you know uh, rogue you know right. ale houses yeah. there yeah. and coffee girl and all yeah. that but yeah. how so when you got there there was the empty space mm-hmm. and where did you find all these amazing oh. artifacts oh. i should say that there were a couple of the fishing boats were already parked outside in in the museum but outside of the freezers where they are today round the clock you can see those um well the stuff was just tucked away the the, the pier covers a huge space which is uh, not open to the public, um, going upstream. And, um, and there it was. It, you just got to look, even today. And for instance, uh, last week I was wandering around upstairs in the attic and I found a pile of signs, yellow boards, uh, 
particularly painted yellow with the words ammonia stenciled on them. And that um, refers to the refrigerant that, that was pumped around the whole place in miles and miles of piping that, that, that is the original refrigerant for freezing. That, that's, what, that's what people used originally. And it's poisonous. And so it was not a very good industrial chemical although one could argue that the modern chemicals are even worse because they destroy the ozone layer. But anyway, ammonia, the whole, the whole uh, food business ran on ammonia in their refrigerators. So I've got these yellow signs, and so I'm just kind of... There's, there's a recent so there's discovery. an educational component yes. there. So and now I, you'll create a yeah, new exhibit. I still have to explain. I've put right. the ammonia signs right. up. Um, right. But most people don't know. Right. I, I remember you could smell that a little from the th pipes when we first opened them up there. Well, the, um, the hand, the um, Pier 39 at one time had a copper shop, a butchering room, a fillet room, a liver packing area, a net wharf, and a Chinese yeah. mess house. I mean, yeah. what a rich history. Right. So the museum, it is free. It is self-guided. Yes. It is open yeah. to the public. Yeah. And the way that you've created it um, allows people to, again, watch um, films, which are playing nonstop, and mm -hmm. especially the film Workers Are Joy, which yes. is... Uh, my friend Charlie Becker loves Workers yeah, Are Joy, yeah. and you just said you thought it should have won an Academy Award. Yes, and it was it was made 30 years ago by Lawrence Johnson, who is still making films in Portland. And um, I have seen people sit um, just mesmerized for 30 minutes and not move out of their seat while, while they're watching that. The commentary is by Mike McCusker, who was, uh, it still sounds just the same as he does today. And um, it's a great piece of work. It really touches the heart and soul of the fisherman's life there. So yeah. in the museum, yeah. which is really your yeah. labor of love, and there's a gift shop to help yeah. support yeah. Um, and and take care of the utilities and, and the other yeah. expenses yeah. that, you know, that, yeah. that happen when you have a museum. But you have, what's in the museum? What do people see? You've got okay. historic canning equipment. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about well, what's I, in the museum. I think the, the, the unusual part is that... Um, as you say, I I'd push things in, I drag things in, but many things were so heavy that they had to be moved by a forklift truck, and I had to uh, borrow people. And so I've s since said then I'm the only person who was curating with a forklift truck because <laughs> literally, if a thing weighs a ton, you better decide where you want to put it. And some of the stuff has just stayed where we put it. So that's good enough. We've moved the lightweight things around. Right. So there is machinery there that that is tremendously heavy. And it was all made locally. This is what impresses me. They smelted iron and cast iron in Warrington, the Carruthers Corporation. They made machines out of melted steel. You know, and you go, my goodness, right here. That's, everything was possible. And um, so those machines are particularly associated with the Carruthers Corporation. And you see the name Carruthers, the restaurant around town, the park in Warrington. And Mr. Carruthers was a kind of industrial genius who, who could... That, remember, there were no com computing in those days. He drew things on pieces of paper, and they built them. And eventually, that machines that could run a thousand cans through, uh, you know, or hundreds of cans a minute, zipping through those machines, and uh, they went all over the world. They went around the Pacific. So we've got him on tape there in the in the other uh, film, which is the black and white news film, like a local uh, um, focus on an industry film. And there he is, just uh, very modest. And so we got, I saved those things because the, the Carruthers Corporation once again has disappeared. And uh, one of several uh, businesses associated with, with the museum that were 
active and seemed to be a regular part of the, the, the scene, and suddenly they were gone. And all I had left, and I was the person who was going to preserve them. I've got the Carruthers signs. I went in and said, excuse me, can I have that? <laughs> can I take that off the wall? Get a ladder. I climbed up and took it off the wall. And so now we have the Salmon for All organization, which is the second one that seemed well established. And, and now tough times for fishermen, as we all know. And so the Salmon for All is now still in existence, but they're not going to have a, a publicly available office because they can't afford the time and the money. Lots of changes, so, yes. Peter, and you're tr striving, yes. I know, yes. to to recount the story yeah. of like a, a, yeah. 130 years of yeah. the community cannery history yeah. here with the yeah. photos and the boats and the all of the equipment. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. Today, I'm talking with Peter Marsh. He is the director of the Hanthorn Cannery Foundation. He created the Hanthorn Cannery Museum at Pier 39, which is a step back in time. It is authentic Astoria at its finest. It is a place all of us who live here and, and visit here really need to experience because um, that is the gritty Astoria that, um, that, that created the foundation for this community, for the character that is here. Um, there are films uh, playing on a nonstop basis, Work is Our Joy. Um, and I didn't realize, Peter, that this little gift shop uh, and the museum is open seven days a week, right? Yep. From when to when? It's well, about eight in the morning till five, six in the evening. Okay, elastic and, hours. Yes. And right, and so then you're closing yep. it up yep. or opening yep. it up, and it's self-guided. And um, and the gift shop has marvelous things. It's a small gift shop, yep. but when you support the gift shop, then you are helping support the museum, and you have a foundation. We'll talk about the foundation, but. Um, what's in the gift shop? What's in the gift shop? Uh, well, regular items um, w with a few historical artifacts planted around there so that it doesn't look like a modern retail store. God forbid that. So we have T-shirts. And uh, the latest thing we have is cups. That was an exciting experience for me. I bought 144 cups <laughs> from Accent Inc. That, uh, right down on Main Street here with, with a fish label on the front of them. Um, I'm not a very skillful buyer or things like that. So imagine buying 144 cups and telling the board of directors I need so many hundred dollars to buy them. And uh, uh, we've broken even on the cups. That's good. But everybody should have a handful cannery cup. Uh, let's see. Um, we've got we, we started a little bookshelf, a little bookshelf from donated books. That won't raise a lot of money, but it should bring some people in. We've got some fascinating books there. You have a calendar. We have calendars. We have, have fishermen's news calendars, you have tote caps. bags. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hats. Right. Uh, any ideas anybody has on marketing, come and talk to me. I'm not an experienced marketer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so let's talk about yeah. the foundation. Yeah. So the Hanthorn Cannery Foundation, because people yeah. can make sure. donations to the foundation. Yes. You're yeah. a 501 C3, yeah. um, and again to preserve what you to what you've done there at yep. pier 39 yep. with this museum yep. is phenomenal yep. and it, it's um it's it feels like a heart um uh, one of the hearts of astoria really um so the people who founded the Hanthorn Cannery Foundation were the Columbia River were, were some of the workers from the Columbia River Packers Association the managers yeah the managers, the managers yep. and the Bumblebee Seafood Corporation yep. and their yep. families mm -hmm. and um so you're the, de the mission is to preserve cannery history um, and the legacy of the cannery workers and the fishing industry livelihood as it was developed from 1875 to the present, yes. correct? Right. Um, and so what are your hopes for the museum? You said you could actually use some volunteers well, and you need a uniform. Yes. 
Well, in the in the summertime, when we're really packed with visitors at time to time, I mean, I do have one person who has who has kind of trained himself into being a, a guide, and in fact, he's a better guide than I am now there. Um, and he comes down uh, on the weekends in the summer um, and, and meets all kinds of people from literally you can meet people from all over the world. You can meet people speaking English with very foreign accents. They will come in. They're Scandinavians. I've had Scandinavian university students camp out. They sat and watched Work is Our Joy, 20 or 30 of them sit down, sitting on the floor. Amazing memory. that, um, And just generally help. I have to sweep the floor, you know, I have to pick up things, the dust off. And um, I just like people to think of the fact that they, uh, everybody likes to come down once once a year or once a month. And um, maybe they could come down one extra day a month and see what needs to be done or give me some ideas on. Or even perhaps you have um, a, 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 an artifact fr from that time that you'd like to donate uh, one item we especially need is uniforms. I'm afraid some light-fingered people have made off with a couple of uniforms of ours there. And I would uh, promise to make make them very secure from now on if anybody could bring in a bumblebee, a white bumblebee uniform there. Right, and mostly it was all the women who were wearing yes, the white uniforms. Yes. And then they wore these white yeah, yes. uh, pieces of fabric on their, ha on their heads, yeah. which were known as... I don't know the word. Weavies. Well, I learned that yes. from Robert Jacob. Yes. Weavies. The women were yeah. wearing weavies. Yeah. And these yeah. photographs yeah. of all of them were, I mean, yes. really, the, I mean, they were the Packers, right? Yes. In fact, the, the other video, the black and white video in the newsreel, they go around interviewing these ladies. And you can see the men kind of shy away from the guy with the microphone because it's 1960 and it's kind of scary to be on TV. And this lady who is in charge of the of the, the ladies' production, she doesn't take any of that guff from him. She just faces right up to him and she just typifies, I'm perfectly capable of running this plant and I'm going to answer your questions, you know, directly. And you get to see the um, the whole the whole industrial machine working with, with what, hundreds, hundreds of women working at once there if, if you're prepared to sit and listen to, you have to sit, get, get the executives get interviewed and the workers get interviewed and that's how I've learned. Um, I've watched that more than enough times now and that's where everybody's tradition of tuna fish sandwiches came from was uh, the 1960s, right? Um, that, yes. that era in American history yes. when, when um, that just became a part of the culture. So I, if I see a kid watching that with his parents, I'll say to him, there, find out where your tuna fish sandwich came from. You know, mm. Young man, sit here. Well, the yeah. museum is an amazing yeah. place to spend time yeah. and to really, again, feel the history, what happened here. Um, and um, I think it's great that you are actually telling folks that you could use maybe some volunteer yeah. help yeah. because this has mm. been kind of your, again, yeah. labor of love. Um, and, uh, this interpretive center, this is, you have, I know, cannery workers who come back and visit. Oh, yes. Uh, well, one of the first things we did was to, um, the first uh, reunion, the reunion was a big thing, uh, for some years and inevitably, of course, the workers were getting older. I mean, we were dealing with people who were already well past retirement age came to the reunion. And so, um, one of my suggestions was to, uh, hang up felt pens on strings 
put them along the wall and invite people to sign, and the wall has become a historical artifact in itself there. there. Anyone who has worked in a cannery anywhere on the West Coast has the right to sign the wall. And, um, and you can see names of um, that the wall stretches about 10 yards right now and completely covered in signatures there. Yes, I've and, read some and, of those. Yeah. It's, it's really um, heartwarming, yeah. actually. I mean, the engagement that you've got right. with that. That's right, engaging people there. And uh, so they're still coming. They're still coming. And people, remember, people are still working in a store uh, in Alaska. The canning has not died in Alaska. Alaska is still the world center of the salmon fishery and still has the, the biggest canner is in the Western world there. Um, one of them is called Peter Pan, which is another name of, of fish which has no relation to the product there. That's a fun name, Peter Pan. I like that one. And um, so I, I still keep up with the, uh, the fishing industry. And in fact, I get to write occasional pieces about fishing technology, which I'm educating myself about and fishing boats. Um, so yes, uh, we are we are we are we are preserving the history in our story, but it's alive and well. Like uh, Bristol Bay is is one name that people should know. Bristol Bay it represents the 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 power and the the incredible productivity of fishing in Alaska. Well, right and next there. month the Fisher Poets Gathering as exactly. that yes. honors again yes. that tradition yes. and and um and I I I just can't say enough about how if you want to experience yeah. authentic yeah. gritty Astoria mm-hmm. that the Hanthorn Cannery Museum mm-hmm. is the jewel. It's it's mm-hmm. the treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Peter, we just have a few minutes left. What other things would you? And I also want to put a, do a shout out to the Heritage Museum. That's often overlooked. I mean, we have incredible museums, Club River Maritime, yes. all that. But, but, but for a family, for people to just go and just sit and watch those films at Pier Thirty Nine, and be in the presence of that equipment and that machinery and wonder, it's it's really phenomenal. So, um, Peter, any last things or well, some things we haven't talked about? Obviously, you'd love for someone to yeah, donate a, okay. a bumblebee uniform. Yeah. Well, we should mention the view, shouldn't we? I guess. Uh, I mean, you don't have to go to the coffee girl. The coffee girl is there, the most amazing coffee shop. Um, but you can walk out to the dock, and there's no barriers there. You can get this amazing view of the ships at anchor and look across the river there. And, I mean, that's worth it any time of the day. And the storm, you can actually stand in the dry and look out and see the river there. Uh, let's see. Um, in the corner of the building, there is a, a, a special space which is um, used for public, uh, well, private events like weddings, functions, memorials there. There have been some wonderful events there. Lately. Yes, and you have yeah, um, yeah. the crab company, Hanthorn Crab Company. Yes, Tom, yes. Yeah, Tom's yes. place. So, so we, we have re- revived the tradition of live fish, or live crab, actually, uh, in the corner there. And that's behind the, the Rogue Ale House and facing the, the event center where the fisher poets come and have uh, at least one of their sessions. And... Um, and that happens the end of February. It does. Yes. We're coming and we're right up to it. we're very much a part of absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Peter, we just, again, um, any last thing? How can people reach you is the best way for them to call the actual museum uh, phone number? Uh, no, come down, come down and leave a message or um, walk around and, and see what you think you can do. And uh, let's see. Um, 
Yeah, I yes, think they could just yes. call the um, the the museum phone number. Okay. Um, there's a website, the yes. Hanthorn Cannery yes. Foundation, yeah. Hanthorn Cannery Museum, and it's a great website. So, right. Peter, thank you so much for being here today. Your enthusiasm oh. is um, is marvelous, and I'm so glad you're yeah. doing what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you on it's, behalf it's, of everyone. It's been a great experience listening. for me, a learning experience, and um, I'll continue as long as I can, but... Um, I need a little time off now from the museum business. So we'll be looking for someone else to, to try and uh, fill my shoes here. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good good thing to remember. And so if you're interested in being part of the legacy and history of Astoria at Pier 39 at the Hanthorn Cannery Museum, if you would like to make a donation to the Hanthorn Cannery Foundation, you can go online. You can find Peter at Pier 39 yeah. most of the time, much of the time. Um, thanks again, Peter, for being here. And my gratitude to Dylan Hauserschalk for being the amazing engineer he is and um, and human being, actually, just a stellar being. Um, also, my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Brunn for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, find a moment for yourself, and let's just take that moment right now, and let's all take a very deep breath. It is so healing for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be things that aren't going well, but focus with gratitude on the things that are. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you. The only one you are and for doing the best you can because really everyone is. And appreciate being here now in this moment the only moment which exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. Mm -hmm.